Welcome to Talking About Pigs with SMEC, a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center discuss swine health topics over coffee. I'm Dr. Meredith Peterson. I'm a veterinarian and postdoc at the Swine Medicine Education Center. And with me today, I have Dr. Carricker. Hi, I'm Dr. Locke Carricker. I'm director of the Swine Medicine Education Center, and I'm on faculty here at Iowa State. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. If you're a first-time listener, just want to give you a little background on the podcast. We are a pork producer-focused podcast, so every episode we focus on a different swine health topic of interest to pork producers. And all of the topics that we cover are generated from producer-submitted questions. So if you have a question you'd like feature on the podcast, please send it to us via email at isusmec at iastate.edu. That's isusmec at iastate.edu. Put SMEC podcast question in the title of your email to ensure that we receive it. Once we get your question, we'll go through the current scientific literature, distill down what information we have on the topic, and then connect it back to you, the producers, and discuss it in our podcast. Most of the resources that we refer to within the episode can be found in the podcast notes associated with the episode. If you have any trouble with accessing or have any questions or feedback for us, please send us an email at isusmec at iastate.edu. So with that, let's jump into today's topic. This is a question that we get a lot, um, something that we see a lot, and I'm sure if you raise pigs, you see it a lot in your barns as well. And the topic today is conjunctivitis. More specifically, what causes conjunctivitis and how can we treat it? So Dr. Carricker, do you mind giving us a little background on conjunctivitis? Yeah, absolutely. So the conjunctiva is a pretty specific part of the eye, right? And so if you look into the pig's eye, you'll notice that you have a pupil and you have an iris around that. And then you have a white part of the eye that surrounds those. And that white part of the eye is the sclera. And over that sclera and on the inside of the eyelids is a really thin, nearly transparent, at least ordinarily, nearly transparent membrane that's pretty highly vascular, but its job is to do several things. It protects the eye, it lubricates the eye, it inhibits the introduction of bacteria deeper into the eye socket and into the eye. And so it has a number of responsibilities centered around sort of lubrication, some mucus production and protection of the eye, right? So when this gets inflamed and the blood flow increases due to some sort of irritation or stimulation that we'll talk about, you get several clinical signs that are pretty easy to see. First is uh, usually an increase in tearing. You obviously get some redness. That thin membrane will swell and if it's allowing contaminants or other insults to get to the underlying tissue, then you'll get significant swelling. You have an increase in discharge and as that discharge then dries off, you get sort of this crusty material that's left over after that um, increased discharge begins to dry. In most cases, you have a sort of a single irritation. It's self-limiting. It doesn't really affect production performance in a measurable way, but you know, it's potentially a welfare concern and shouldn't be ignored. Occasionally, fairly rarely, we get these broad herd-wide clinical presentations where a bunch of the animals in the group are affected and it looks pretty severe. Sometimes the swelling of those tissues will cover up the vision of the eye entirely. In those cases, we would say that there's probably a common cause, obviously, and trying to figure out that cause and, and eliminate it tends to be somewhat difficult to do in a lot of cases. Generally, we describe it as something that has high morbidity, meaning it can affect a lot of animals, but 
fairly low mortality in terms of very few animals actually die as a result of an extended infection. We'll dig into some of the causes, but there's not a lot of complete research showing primary causes of conjunctivitis in pigs. A lot of the data we have some observational studies and anecdotal cases. Yeah, so if you're looking for kind of the, what's the golden ticket to fix conjunctivitis in your herd, you might just want to stop listening because we just we just don't have a lot of solid data to back that up. And a lot of times I think it's multifactorial. And so one of the most common causes of conjunctivitis in, in pigs is environmental causes. So this is when we can see those cases of high morbidity, like Dr. Carricker mentioned, where we have all or most of the pigs in the barn affected. And it's pretty common in intensively raised pigs. So especially in the winter, when we're trying to keep the barns and the pigs warm while still providing adequate ventilation, we can have a buildup of dust, ammonia, other gases from the pigs themselves in the pits um, that irritate the eyes. And this can also affect humans. So if you've ever noticed that you have eye irritation after being in barns, or sometimes your eyes will be a little bit goopy or crusty the day after, and that's just the, the same thing that's happening. Your conjunctiva is getting irritated by the the dust and the gas particles in the air. And so this is actually one of the ones that we do have a relatively easy fix for, or a fix that's a little bit more straightforward, and so that's through ventilation. So we can decrease the ammonia and gas buildup in the barn by increasing ventilation levels, as well as increasing humidity in the barn to get rid of a little bit of that dust that could be irritating the pig's eyes. But it's important to remember that this is not always possible to fix. So there may be some short-term scenarios where we can't necessarily increase the ventilation and we just have to live with some increased ammonia and dust in the air. So for example, in extreme cold weather, like we're about to see again with young pigs in the barn, chilling the pigs might be worse for the overall health of the animals and the welfare of the animals than a short-term increase in ammonia or dust levels because that barn is tight or not as well ventilated as it would be, say, for example, in the summer. So that's probably our most common reason we see conjunctivitis in in uh, commercial pigs and one of the more straightforward ones from a fixing perspective. Yeah, and, and that's a really good point about you. You might notice increased levels of ammonia or some degree of irritation when you're in a barn. And when that occurs, when you're in a barn for a short period of time, especially during the middle part of the day, light hours, when the barn is probably arguably at its highest ventilation rate, just remember that the pigs are in there 24 hours a day and they're going to be in there in the middle of the night when ambient temperatures and things like that mean that it's probably at its lowest ventilation rate and concentration of ammonia or dust or things like that could be substantially higher. So so if it's a problem for you and just or, or something that's noticeable in just a short period of time, a couple hours in the barn, then it, it probably is a significant impact on the pigs over a 24-hour period. Now, there are some infectious agents that have been investigated associated with conjunctivitis, and those have primarily um, led to cases where we can find the presence of an organism in the affected pigs, but if we look hard enough, we can often find that same organism in unaffected pigs. So we don't have really a single cause at the moment that we would say is sufficient alone to cause conjunctivitis in pigs. Think it's usually multifactorial. Some of the things that have been found are chlamydia suis, 
which is a bacteria, and Mycoplasma hyorhinus, another bacterial organism. And Mycoplasma hyorhinus, for example, is a common inhabitant of the eye. So identifying it alone really doesn't mean that it's uh, certainly causing the conjunctivitis. Could be that it's um, an additional stressor, an additional impact on the pig that means a level of dust or gas the pig would normally deal with now becomes too much and, and leads to a, a clinical presentation. In 2017, doctors Pickin and Clavijo presented at the McKean-Swan Conference on conjunctivitis case in a multiplication system. And, you know, interestingly enough, they found chlamydia suis and mycoplasma hyorhinus in both affected and unaffected pigs, but they did see some responses to treatment, especially with antimicrobials like CTC, Denigard, and Avlosin. It seemed to reduce the prevalence and severity of clinical signs, although it didn't really eliminate it. And so it's important that you work with your veterinarian to figure out what might be common causes and, and decide what might be the appropriate antimicrobial treatment, especially as we're trying to improve the situation but um, maintain a high level of antimicrobial stewardship as well. Yeah, it might be something that you have to chip away at over time, reduce different risk factors versus just hit them with a certain antibiotic and your problem is solved. Exactly. I think that's well put. And trying to identify and eliminate as many risk factors as you can along the way is really the pathway to success. It's slow, it's frustrating, but ultimately that's what wins the day. And then when you see it reappear, you've already got a significant amount of experience and information for dealing with the next group. So it's somewhere you gain some knowledge over time that's useful. Absolutely. And so we talked about some of the environmental causes of conjunctivitis. Dr. Carricker just discussed the bacterial causes. Then there's also a, there has also been some viruses associated with conjunctivitis. So this might not be the most common cause of conjunctivitis, but it's one of the most important causes because some of these viruses are foreign animal diseases. So for example, some viruses that can cause conjunctivitis are ASF, CSF, pseudorabies, as well as some others that are more common porcine cytomegalovirus, influenza, and PERS virus. So in these cases, conjunctivitis is one of many clinical signs that are associated with the virus. So you're probably more likely to see conjunctivitis in addition to other clinical signs, whether that's respiratory disease or whatever whatever um, clinical signs you may see with a given virus. But it's important to kind of keep that in the back of your mind that it may not be something that can be treated with antibiotics, and some important diseases, diseases that are foreign animal diseases in the U.S., can have this as a clinical sign. So there's no treatment when it's a viral cause, and just important to not ignore or become complacent to conjunctivitis, because not only is it an animal welfare concern, but also we just want to make sure that we're diligent and monitoring our herds for outbreaks of other things. And if we're used to seeing conjunctivitis every day, that might not help us identify a different disease outbreak that also causes conjunctivitis. Yeah, and I think that's a good point too, that conjunctivitis um, is an obvious sign and it, it's sort of readily apparent and it's, you know, can grab your attention. But I think if you begin looking for other clinical signs as well, then you have more information about what to target, right? There are very few of these insults that have been associated with conjunctivitis that would not cause anything else other than conjunctivitis, right? And so so if you look for other clinical signs, then you start to narrow down the list of the primary influencers of the problem. So 
look for respiratory issues, look for other physical clinical signs, lesions, anything like that. And I think you start to narrow down the list of potential causes that way. Absolutely. So kind of in summary, there's a lot of things that have been associated with conjunctivitis in pigs. We think that these cases are often multifactorial, probably some sort of underlying environmental challenge challenge that then makes the pigs more susceptible to the actual pathogens, whether that's a bacteria or a virus, that irritation of the conjunctiva can make them more susceptible. We don't have evidence-based treatment recommendations, and that's because most of the causes don't require medical treatment. So for example, the environmental issues are typically solved um, by changing ventilation rates. So if conjunctivitis is an issue at your farm and you're trying to fight this and solve it, work with your veterinarian to help identify the underlying causes. So it's really important to dig into this, chip away at it, as it can be associated with some high impact diseases. And like Dr. Carriker mentioned before, if you can continue and keep eliminating risk factors until the situation improves, that's kind of a better approach than going in and thinking you're going to have a a silver bullet or something that's just going to solve it all together on the first try. So it can be frustrating, but you can really make progress by kind of reducing those risk factors over time. And that can help with future flows in your, through your barn as well. Anything else you want to comment on that, Dr. Carriker? No, I mean, I think they're, they're certainly difficult cases to deal with and, and it's important that we do what we can, even if we don't think it has a big impact on mortality or productivity, but certainly has a welfare component. And so I think the key is look for additional clinical signs and additional information that might point you to a prominent risk factor that you can eliminate and then repeat that process. And ultimately, you'll find that you can dramatically improve the situation even if you can't eliminate it. For sure. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me today, Dr. Carriker. Yeah, thank you. As mentioned, our resources and summaries can be found in the episode notes associated with the podcast. If you have any trouble accessing them, or if you have a question you'd like featured on the podcast, please shoot us an email at isusmec at iastate.edu. Please share, subscribe, and watch for our next episode. We'll discuss other current swine health topics, as well as answer more questions from producers. Hope you have a great day and week, and thanks for listening. A special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for making this podcast possible through their sponsorship. Mm -hmm.